0: He drank from gold and silver cups, wore silver shoes, which I gotta say does not sound very comfortable. Shoes made out of silver does not sound like I, the best. I think you could
1: do an argument that silver thread. No. No? Like, like silver. actual silver. Not comfortable. No. No.
0: I would probably not. you want some nice insoles in there. too. Exactly.
1: Hi. Welcome to episode 34 of the Condit Podcast.
0: Yes, by Histerno Media and Productions. That's
1: it. <laughs> and I am David, the guy who is far from dodgy in any respect today, which is good. Oh,
0: that's really good. Yeah,
1: it is good. That's a pleasant I mean, intro. It is. A plus, a plus. I've still not got socks on, which is also a Plus. And you are
0: Mackenzie, oh, yes. the girl with the I think it's washed out to blue now again. It has blue hair.
1: Yeah, I no, mean it's washing out.
0: Um, and I've started running, so yeah. my legs are feeling pretty dodgy. Right,
1: I just want to point out that Mackenzie isn't running as we do this. No, no, that's fine. No, just, if I'm
0: out of breath, it's just because of my natural yeah. out of shapeness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but
1: you know the the. Started running and recording and not connected. No, they're no. not.
0: No. Running really? was yesterday and the day before. That's right. And now every time I get out of my chair, it feels like I'm doing a squat. Yeah. It's very painful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. that's Because anybody who
0: knows me knows that I only do things either 0% or 150%. So, like, I'm, I'm like, now training for a half marathon. Right. Like I don't know. My sister-in-law asked me if I want to do the half marathon. And I was like, sure. It's, <laughs> you say, it's the same The first me, day I went running after a year and a half. And she asked me if I to do a half marathon. I went, okay. Well, that sounds fair. That sounds <laughs> fair. That's I have until May. I can train for it in May.
1: I was never, never a distance runner, but in, in um, back in the day, I was a bit of a sprinter, and I do the hundred meters in just over ten seconds. That's impressive. Which was pretty good. Um, yeah, I remember the physical teacher at school saying? Bloody hell, huh? Can you do that again? <laughs> I said, yeah, I think so. <laughs> he said, you've just beaten everybody in the school at that. It's the fastest speak. Anyway, carry on. What, what are we doing today? What, what are we looking at? Uh,
0: the Inca... Inca slash Incan Empire. Oh, great. So, Inca is... It can either be Inca Empire or Incan Empire. Both right. of them are correct. Good. And you can also spell it with a K instead of a C. Okay. There are very multiple variations this. Good. And so I'm really excited to do this because one of my favorite vacations, holidays I've ever had was when I went to Quito, Ecuador. Right. And Quito, Ecuador was a part of the Incan Empire. Ah, good, and so okay. a lot of the culture that they have is stuff that you can see when you look back. Llamas, alpacas. Right. Textiles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just gonna laugh about alpacas a little bit do you know that the alarm call of the alpaca is something along the lines of walk walk walk, walk? <laughs>
0: that's actually it sounds like we're making that up but that is actually true, that's true. Yeah. it's an inside joke but it's also it is. But it's also actually factual Yeah. anyway so I really you're, you're
1: far more interested in the ancient civilizations than I am I'm very well you're zero percent so yeah, if exactly. I were five
0: percent interested Yeah, still would still
1: be a lot more, more. <laughs> you're right yeah
0: but I am actually really interested in ancient... I'm a lot more... Actually, funnily enough, the Incan Empire reached its height during the 15th century. Okay. And immediately fell during the 16th yeah. century. You can probably predict what caused it. I have, a fall, that, I have a But that, we'll okay. get to it later at the end. Yeah. But I am a lot more interested in ancient... Yeah. I will... Like we... Like I said, during the death rituals of ancient Egypt, I studied mm-hmm. Egyptian culture for like... Ancient Egyptian culture for... Five years of my life. Yeah. I was super into it. Good. I've read every book in no. the library. The library had about ancient Egyptian culture, but that's a side point. Today we're going to talk about the Incan Empire, which though it does have ancient roots, it does it. Most of it is in the fifteenth and sixteenth century. Okay. So, um, the Incan Empire, like I said, flourished in the fifteenth and sixteenth century, and geographically it ran from Quito, Ecuador, in the north. Mm-hmm to Santiago, Chile in the south. Right. So basically the entire Andean mountain range mm-hmm. was the Incan Empire. Okay. At its height. It's like, Obviously, okay. if you think of things like the Roman Empire or the Mongol Empire, there are things that expand and contract. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually make a lot of references to the Roman Empire. There's a ton of um, similarities. Right. Within, between the two empires. Right. So the legend of the Inca begins with their god and creator, Viracocha, which rose out of the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. and when he arrived at the Lake Titicaca, right. he founded the Incan Empire, basically. Okay. he It's a lake that now separates modern-day southern Peru from western Bolivia, mm-hmm. and when he arrived at this location, he created the sun and all of the ethnic groups of South America. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He was busy that day. Yeah, yeah, he was. So, but he immediately, Viracocha immediately buried all of these people in the ground. Ah. Yeah. It was a quick day for them. And they later emerge from springs and rocks, also known as sacred pacharinas, and back into the world. So he buries them and then they spring out like plants. Oh, okay. That's so it kind of reminds me yeah. of that quote where it's like, they tried to bury us, but little did they know that like we were seeds. Right. Something like that. That's kind of what that, that reminds me. Of.
1: Did they what? So he created them, buried them all. Did they all appear simultaneously, or did a different civilization appear and then another civilization and?
0: They, I think, they appeared. According to the legend, they appear at the same time right. in a ton of different locations okay. across South America. Okay. What we now think of as South America. Yeah. Um, The Incas, especially, which was what we're focusing on today, were brought into existence at the site Tiwanaku by the sun god Inti, and they regarded themselves as the chosen ones, the children of the sun. Because of this, they believed that the ruler of the Inca was Inti's representation and embodiment on Earth, which reminds me of almost every single royalty in the history of time. Absolutely. It reminds me a lot of the ancient Egyptians where they believed yeah. that their rulers were in fact gods' embodiments yeah. on Earth. And so when they died, they would rise up and join the gods. Yeah. The ancient... They, like I said, the ancient Egyptians believed this. The um, modern day... Not modern. Early modern period, there was still this kind of thing of they were gods, Yeah. you know, the, what is that, divine right? Divine right. Divine, divine rights. right
1: of kings, where they, they were appointed personally by God. I always find this king.
0: really interesting, where these ideas spring up at the exact same time all of, across the globe. Yeah. Independently of each other. In, uh, so totally a lot of the stuff that the Incas did are, is very reminiscent of the Romans, but mm. they did not know anything of the they Romans. They couldn't have done So it's, I always, when we talked about beer, it was the same thing. Yes, yes, Um, beer turns up all over the place, doesn't it? It it actually turns up in the Incan Empire too. I don't really talk about it, but they have their own type of beer. I think anybody wants booze, so. Um, So we're talking, so I'm going to start with ancient history. Mm -hmm. So archaeological evidence shows that the first settlements in the Cusco Valley date to 4500 BCE. Yeah. Which were just hunter gatherer communities that kind of settled and set up encampments. However, Cusco does not become the epicenter of the Incan Empire until 1000 to 1400 AD. Right. So okay,
1: that's a long difference. Like
0: 1400. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. a big difference.
0: So, really, not much happens in the Incan Empire. They're just several divergent groups of peoples until the unification period. Okay. Kind of reminds me of like the unification period of China. Or you have like different subgroups, and then one ruler brings it all together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So kind of actually what happened with Mongols too. Mm -hmm. So the process of regional unification began in the late fourteenth century, when um, the ruler named Pachacuti, Mm -hmm. uh, who is now known as the first great Incan leader, came to the throne and defeated the Chanka. Later in fourteen thirty eight. Right. So in 1438, he defeats the other rulers in the, co- in, the in the region and combines every, mm-hmm. everything, brings these mm-hmm. people together. Like I say, with Mongolia on the Eurasian steppe, the Incas began to expand their South American borders by searching for plunder and productive resources. So it's just like what you see with the Romans and the Mongols, where... They're just and looking for another group to conquer.
1: And with the various European nations yeah, of course. in the yeah. 1670s. Exactly. 18th centuries.
0: So, um, also, Pachacuti is credited for founding the UNESCO World Heritage Site, Machu Picchu. Right. So he was the one that built that. And he was the one that...
1: Did he know then it was a UNESCO World Heritage Site?
0: I think he had a feeling. Yeah, when he, he was building it, he was like, this you, is going to be awesome.
1: This is going to be good. <laughs> the UNESCO are going to want this years to come. Yeah,
0: so he builds he builds Machu Picchu and then which the settlement in Machu Picchu, I'll get into this a little later, because the empire itself only lasted for like 150 years.? Right. It wasn't inhabited for very long. The mm-hmm. Spanish show up mm-hmm. and kind of ruin everything. Yep. That's the spoiler alert for the end. I,
1: I, saw that, I, saw that coming. Sure. I saw that coming.
0: So they quickly built an empire that would stru- stretch across the Andes, and they conquered such people as the Lupaca, the Kala, the Chimor, and the Wanka civilizations. Once established, they created a nationwide system of taxation and administration, which consolidated all of the power into the capital of Cuzco. Which reminds me of all of the power of Rome. Of Rome, exactly.
1: All the power of everything. Yeah. You know, look at the look at the British Empire at the end of the nineteenth century. Everything came back to London.
0: Exactly. Uh, so that this the concept w- is no different. What really is interesting is how they. I'll get into. It, I'll get into it in a second. Okay. Um, so the rise of the Inca Empire was, historically speaking, practically overnight. So he goes to battle, he takes out these people, and then from there, it's like the Mongols, where they're just defeating people Mm. after people after people, and expanding their borders. In the beginning, only speakers of the Incan language... Language? Language. Oh, language.
1: Oh, right. I thought it was something else. Quechua. Yes.
0: That's the language. Quechua. Oh, sorry. I thought you were (laughs) Sorry. Were given the highest status, and they became the noble class. So, which is really interesting, because you maybe think, oh... It's like a blood thing or like blood relations, mm. stuff like that. When in reality, it's actually the language. If you speak that language, you automatically become part of the noble class.
1: Um, it's still, it's a, a question perhaps of control. Yes. That that you speak out other people can't understand it perhaps. Exactly. So you can control them. And yeah, okay.
0: And so a lot of my talk kind of discusses their administrative mm. and governmental system because it is... It's so reminiscent of the Romans that it's just like really, I found that the whole thing to be kind of amazing, especially when you think of the empire that they controlled was nothing but mountains. Right. So it's really hard to, it's pretty easy. You can look over there and see someone three miles away, but not if they're in the valleys or on a mountain and you have to figure Absolutely. out how to get there and that's yeah. where I'll get to it. So the government administrative t- techniques were extremely advanced. They kept lists of all of their Kings, which is how we know of them today. It is very possible that they had multiple kings that ruled at any one time and that the queens held the same amount of power. The Sapa Inca was the absolute ruler, that was his that mm-hmm. was his title. And he amassed the greatest amount of wealth. He drank from gold and silver cups, wore silver shoes, which I gotta say does not sound very comfortable. Shoes made out of silver does not sound like I, the best.
1: I think you could do an argument of silver thread. No. No. Like, like silver. actual silver. Not comfortable.
0: No. No. I would probably not. You want some supportive. nice
1: insoles in like, yeah. two,
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. And he lived in. These and, gonna
1: chaff on the, yeah, the back I of mean, the, it, back it, back it, the ankles and. It's it like the toes. cringe. No, it does. Yeah, it. it's not nice. It reminds
0: me of our next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um. Lived in, and he lived in an opulent palace that was furnished with the finest textiles and all the, okay. you know, all of your fancy things yeah. you would expect for an emperor. Which is actually, the finest textiles is really important because a lot of the art that we today recognize as being of the Incas mm-hmm. are textiles. Yes. Because they were very, if you think of um, thinking, like yeah. alpaca wool, yeah. it's, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of Inca. Right. I have a hat and a pair of gloves from Ecuador that yeah. are made of alpaca, alpaca wool. Alpaca wool. So each Inca, here's something really interesting. Each Inca ruler was mummified following their death. Okay. And every mummy was stored in the exact same place, the Corican- Coricancha temple in Cusco. Right. So they were all stored in. It was. It reminds me of kind of like it's like a hall. It's like a palace mm-hmm. where all of the mummies are. Right. Which I mean, there are only again, the, like the, the mummification
1: seven. from from Egypt. Yeah, that's Maybe. one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's-
0: but it, it sounds like a lot, but there was really only seven right. by the time the empire fell. So it's not really that much. But so you have like six or seven mummies hanging around at the end of the empire, where they participated in elaborate ceremonies. They were decked out in their finest clothing, and they were given offers of food and drink, mm-hmm. and were consulted for their opinion on pressing state affairs. Oh right. Do mm-hmm.
1: you carried on to consult the dead because they had the knowledge?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of well, if you think about it, they were. That's the, also
1: pretty convenient, isn't it? You can go in and consult them. And come out and say they're all in agreement over this.
0: But then also you have to keep in mind that they were also gods mm. personified. So not only are you consulting with your former rulers who have all of the knowledge and wisdom that they gained from that, but you're also consulting with the gods. Yeah. All in the same all yeah. in the same act.
1: It makes your position pretty unassailable, to be honest.
0: Absolutely. I, I like nod a lot, and then I forget that people can't hear me nodding. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes,
1: I know. I'm just like yes. nodding.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, um, hand, hands,
1: hands go around. Yeah. They, they, can't, they can't hear that either.
0: So the Incan rule was very bureaucratic, like I say. It reminds me a lot of ancient Rome. Yeah. It, and it was comprised of many compartmentalized interlocking units. I think anybody who's ever had to work with a bureaucracy would recognize yeah. this. So at the top, you have the Sapa Inca, like I said. He's the main ruler. And then just below him were ten kindred groups of nobles. Mm-hmm. So you have ten. And then below them were another layer of ten kindred groups. Mm-hmm. Which were also related to the king, but they were more distantly related. They were then right. the higher ten. So okay. one, ten, ten. And then below them you have another layer of ten. Which were nobles of not Inca blood, but were made honorary Incas by status. Okay.
1: What's the movement between the levels could somebody in the bottom level ever
0: no because like i said the third group of nobles were not inca, not inca. blood and you have to have inca blood relation right. to make it into the
1: cuz in the roman empire you could get to fairly high echelons without being i
0: think that's from basically such. like that's like the glass ceiling right, okay. for for people who are not related to directly related to the king yeah Okay. Because the first group of ten nobles, they're basically like the brothers and sisters yeah. of the king. And below them, I would say probably like cousins, cousins stuff like that. that. And yeah. then honorary Inca below that. Right. So at the bottom of the state apparatus were locally recruited administrators who saw over settlements and collections of family that would work agricultural land. This is where it gets kind of mind-boggling if you think about the mm-hmm. fact ...that they don't have currency at all in this country. Oh, wow. In the Incan Empire, there's no currency. There's no currency. So these local administrators reported to over 80 regional administrators... Hmm. ...who each reported to their governor... ...because the Incan Empire was split into four quarters. So there were four governors who each oversaw 80 regional administrators... ...who each oversaw all of the local administrators... That makes sense. So, I, I you can't see, but I'm making like yeah, a yeah, bureaucratic no, tree. This, yes, yeah. Um, and so at the top... And
1: in, in case I didn't know what four was, Mackenzie put up four fingers so I could count the four. And them. then
0: I cut and the... And then I cut
1: them into yeah. four, yeah. Just in case I couldn't work that one out.
0: I was, I'm was. i getting really into my hand gestures. Absolutely. So, here's the kick. To ensure royalty, the heir of each of the local rulers were kept as prisoners in the capital of Cusco. Ah. But they were pampered. So like they lived in like a, a te- not a temple a palace. Yeah. But they were locked in that palace. They couldn't right. leave.
1: Yeah. And
0: this was Bit to ensure. Like yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so this was to ensure good behavior on all the world. Oh, it
1: would do yes.
0: Which is really interesting because they do something similar with their conquered people and their religious idols. Right. So to keep track of taxes, they took census a census mm. every couple of years. And the populations were divided into subgroups based on a mathematical system that's a base 10 system, like our system is today. Yeah. So there was no formal currency, like I said, in the Incan Empire. So everybody paid taxes in metals, textiles, feathers, foodstuffs, mm-hmm. ETC, anything. So it
1: was a barter economy. Yes. Right.
0: And so that's how they kept, they did their taxes. Is you would pay me in like... A,
1: whatever you produced. Or yeah. Whatever you had. Whatever you
0: had yeah. And to keep track of all of these statistics, they used what is called a kipu, which is a sophisticated assembly of knots and strings that could okay. do up to ten thousand. That could go all, all decimals up to wow. ten thousand. Yeah. Wow. It's and it's highly and because it's a it reminds me almost like a necklace. So it's like one center string and then there are strands coming down from okay. it. I have a picture on the show notes. Good. And because it was just a ball of string basically it was highly transportable and could be taken anywhere in the empire so very and very easy to make Mm -hmm. so in addition to paying taxes agricultural land and herds were divided into three parts production for the state religion production for the king so the state and then for farmers own use so for each agricultural plot it would be divided into thirds and local regions were also expected to help build and maintain imperial projects, like the massive road system mm. that went throughout the entire Incan Empire.
1: So these, these guys worked, didn't they? Because if, you're only, if only one third of what you produce is yours, you've got to work hard. You know, so here, sort of Middle Ages, a similar sort of time, you talk about a tenth of the um, stuff going to the church, say. Uh, perhaps a tenth going to yeah the
0: tithe the, yeah, to the church
1: the the service. but you know it was never as high as a third overall that well two thirds in fact overall that they they have to give away and then having to do work on top as well for for road building and things like that mm-hmm. so these these people are working hard and taxes and taxes yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you have an agricultural land that you're, but it's agricultural land that is split up into groups of families. So mm. it's not like every four people have to take in charge of this massive plot of no, land. You, know, no. you would have like a a um, like a village, mm. and they would have their plot of land and split into thirds. But then maybe they're also producing textiles, and those textiles have to go to the king as a tax. As a tax. So there's and
1: maybe they're helping building roads.
0: It's an incredibly productive, very productive yeah. uh, civilization. And I go on to say that like with the Romans, although the Incas imposed their own religion and administrative system onto the people they conquered mm-hmm. and to keep the and as another way of maintaining good behavior, they also took the idols and the gods from each of these conquered peoples and kept them in Cuzco and said, "Okay, if you do anything to rebel, we're going to take out your god." Mm. So it's actually a, it's very intense. That's I think big, um big. I want to say the Assyrians did the same thing. Where when they conquered someone, they would take all the gods and take it back to as a way of demoralizing the people. Absolutely, of course
1: they did. The, the 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 totem, the um, the symbol, the idol mm-hmm. was incredibly powerful. Yeah, exactly.
0: A lot of them believed that it was the actual God. Just like they the Incas believed the mummies. Yeah. They believed that they were real people but that the, they could talk the, to.
1: The other thing with that, though, slightly problematic, is that it is something that can be recovered. If, it, if it's destroyed, it's gone. It, it doesn't exist anymore. So there's nothing you can do to get that back. But there's always... Um, you know, if, you, if you've got a, a fledgling revolution, say... It can start with, look, lads, we're going to go get the god back.
0: Yeah, that's what was the a lot of the problem, if we talk about during the Elizabethan era, about Mary, Queen of Scots. As long as she was alive, there yeah. was a problem for Elizabeth. There was a problem, yeah. But also, because of the, they still have the god, there's also something to lose. Yes, that's true. If you yes. take out the god, those people there's have nothing, nothing to, lose. to lose. Yeah, yeah. So even though there were all of these really harsh things, like Empire does... It brings along some benefits that you would have with any bureaucratic system. So they also were able to redistribute food in times of famine or natural disaster. So nobody went hungry. Yeah. There were um, better storage facilities for the food. There were work opportunities via state-sponsored projects. So if they worked on the roads, they would get paid in... Food or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they got nothing in return.
1: No. Um, religious. They could be, they could kiss up lucky and get feathers, couldn't they?
0: Probably, yeah. yeah. There were, uh, well, there were sanctuary laws, so they couldn't get feathers. <laughs> <laughs> there were uh, religious fees that were provided by the state. Mm-hmm. So they would provide the, and I would honestly fund these, but they didn't have a currency. So they no. would bring the food with them. Um, Transportation through the roads, which I'll get into. Military assistance and luxury goods, like arts and textiles. So, with like with the Roman Empire, if the Roman Empire show up, th- that's prop trouble. Mm. But once you're a part of the Roman Empire, things are looking a little There's bit better. A, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the thing with, like, the Brits and things like that. When the Roman Empire pulls out, it's a little bit problematic for yeah. them. Like we talked about with currency. That's it's right.
1: Hard. Absolutely.
0: So, now... We're going to take a break okay. before I get too far into architecture. Grand. And we're going to do a little sponsorship and then I'll come back and I'm going to talk oh. about architecture in the road system. Yep. The hey, David. Hey, Kenzie. So you wanted to tell people something? Well, yes, I did.
1: I was, I was sort of thinking this morning that if you're listening to this, and you probably are,
0: yeah, probably
1: because people presumed, who aren't listening. I don't know how they would hear it. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're enjoying it, could you tell your family and friends and ask them to listen to it as well? Because we're very keen to up our, our listener numbers and keen that more people listen to what we've got to say. But if you're listening to it and you're not enjoying it, that's really important too.
0: Yeah. Could you tell us? Yeah.
1: Tell us what it is that you don't doing enjoy.
0: Is it our voices? Do you want us to do different topics? If you have any yeah. topic suggestions, we'd be more than welcome more to hear it. We uh, occasionally, occasionally our episodes are very last minute because we can't come up with a topic.
1: <laughs> which is which is crazy, really, when you think of history and all the widths and breadth of the It's subject. almost like
0: you have too many choices. Yes, it is. Where do, you, where do you, what do you select? Absolutely. Like when we, for our last episode, our previous episode, I just had you select a country. We did. In a like, time period yeah. because that's it's so difficult to change sometimes. So if you have any topic suggestions or if you have anything that you want to change, yeah. If we're doing anything like we offend you, something like yes. that, please let us know. Yeah. We're more than welcome, we're more than willing to listen to it. You Absolutely. can send us a direct message on Twitter. We have our uh, Twitter page, Hysterino yeah. Media. You can email us at shout at there are so many ways. For you. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We yeah. would really love to hear if you want us to change anything. We would. we would. Or if you just want to say, hey, that's cool, too. That's cool. But if Absolutely. you're really enjoying it, we would really love it if you shared it with your friends and family. Yeah. Or
1: maybe, if you really enjoy it, tell us why you enjoy it.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome, too. Because,
1: you know, it, it, it's you know, we, we sort of sit here in, in Mackenzie's apartment and we we on and that. And, you know, what... Vaguely interesting to us could be extremely annoying to you, you know. We or just, we just love you're to super know.
0: interested in it too. Yeah, then let us yeah. know.
1: Yeah, we're going to be
0: trying out a bunch of new topics in the next we upcoming weeks. Yeah, and so if you like any of those, that would be great. Yeah. if you want us to do something a little bit out there, there is no idea that it's too far. No, just tell us, and then we will make the executive decision from there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we we. Sort of made a decision to begin with that we wouldn't do contemporary politics. Yes. And I think we'd probably stick to that. Yeah. yeah. I think we'd probably stick to contemporary politics. We would
0: prefer if our history is within the, is previous to the last 10 years. Yeah. If the last 10 years, but then. if you have something that happened 15 years ago that has modern implications, yeah. that's fine too. Because
1: this is the whole essence of it is that it is, that, that history isn't a closed book. History is an ongoing story, it's a scroll that's opening up, and Mackenzie just poked herself in the face with her pen. Um, It's a scroll that opens up, it's not a book where a page is slammed shut and never seen or heard of again. Um, You know, it's a continuous process and we're both very keen on that, on examining and considering the process and how, you know, in, in this episode now, we're talking about bureaucracy and stuff like that, and this is still- And this stone comes
0: before what you see today, but it yeah. mirrors it a Absolutely, lot. it does. Absolutely 80 it does. people reporting to one person who has to report yeah. to another person. Yeah. It's really interesting. It is, it is. So on that note, on that note. we will finish our break and yeah. we're gonna take another little musical interlude. Ooh. And then we're gonna come back and I'm gonna talk about architecture and transportation of the oh, Inca great. empire.
1: Oh, lovely, my favorite subject. And we're back.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. We're going to talk <laughs>
1: about architecture. Yep, and one, one of my favorite subjects.
0: I don't know. I didn't know how to classify it, but the road system too. So I did more tra- transportation. Yeah. Architecture. It's still a type of architecture. And yeah, it's perhaps
1: civil engineering. Yeah, civil that. engineering. That's a good that's, way of saying it. That seems
0: like a very modern term, but that's basically what was happening. So architecture, and it's the Incas. I don't know how they do it, but it's insane. So they, have, they were master stonemasons. Okay. They were able to construct large buildings. These aren't like single-floored things. Like you would see in um, some, I think like the Southwest American civilizations mm. tend to have like single floor. Anyway, single-floored. This, this, is, this
1: is a, a mark, a multi-story buildings are a mark of sophisticated yes. civilizations.
0: But wait for it. So they, had, they constructed these large buildings, forts, and walls. Think of Machu Picchu. Those mm. were large structures. Using blocks that were so finely crafted, which were either rectangular or polygonal, so mm. multi-shaped, that fit together so precisely that they didn't use any mortar. Uh,
1: again, look at the Romans who built aqueducts. Without using any Yes.
0: There, were, there was no mortar in any of yeah. their construction. The key was it, they wanted to fit the blocks together so precisely that you couldn't fit a knife blade in right. between the blocks. Which is just like, I couldn't do this. If someone came up to me and was like, okay, go make some bricks. that mm-hmm. Or go make some stones for this building. That mm-hmm. were so, I could never do it.
1: But that's... Using
0: all of the technology I have at my disposal, I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. It's I, very impressive. It is extremely impressive. It is. So
0: because their architecture and because their architecture emphasized clean lines and trapezoidal shapes, and they were naturally built into the environment, again, see a picture of Machu Picchu. Yep. Many of their structures survived to the present day because they were able to withstand massive earthquakes. Right. Because of the way that they were built. They were so finely crafted. It's just amazing. This is amazing, actually. Modern, a lot of modern buildings can't.
1: Yeah, or the, or, or the modern techniques are, you know, I, I I know that, say, in parts of Italy, that the foundations of a building will go down more than 10 meters mm-hmm. to deal with, with yeah. things.
0: Yeah, or you'll have them made out of things that are, I don't want to say flexible, but things that can give. Yeah. Like, a lot of buildings in Japan are yes. made so that they and they're can made so that they have a tolerance
1: to, to move, yeah.
0: A lot of buildings in Chicago are like that, too, because but it's so This windy. is all
1: stuff worked out over, over hundreds of years by people who are seriously clever and people with computers and things like this. And these are guys...
0: And they're, like I said, their empire was only 150 years yeah. at its height. Yeah. So they figured out this stuff, like I like I said earlier, basically overnight. Yeah. Historically speaking, historically
1: speaking 150 is years overnight. is nothing. It's nothing at all.
0: I mean, the United States has only existed for like 250 mm. years. Mm. It's insane. So... Because of this, and you also, for another example of this, if you look at the terraced gardens, they mm-hmm. had gardens. So a lot of, if you look at Machu Picchu and you think, oh, well, it's a mountain. This, this is just, you know, this is an anomaly. No, a lot, almost all of their civilization was built into the mountainside. Mm. And so if you were going to feed massive amounts of people the way they did, which was redistributing the, ar- the agriculture so nobody went hungry you have to come up with a way to build into the mountainside. And so they yeah. have terraced gardens yeah. that they would use so they, they could make up massive spaces. If you're afraid of heights, don't even look at these photos. Because I am only partially afraid of heights, and it was making me uneasy. Because right. people are taking these photos from the terraced gardens, and it's like thousands of feet down. No. <laughs> in, in,
1: in China, the Chinese civilization would do terraced...
0: Yes, um, yes.
1: Uh, if difficult to call them fields but but terrace growing areas
0: yes that for sort rice, of thing so like the rice paddies yeah yeah so if you if you look at that that's Machu Picchu things like that are really good examples of their mm-hmm. architecture and their masonry skills and then so I'm going to be talking about now like the types of buildings they yep. had so they had a lot of them that they're well known for is it's called Colca which is a large one-room storage house that was built up stone and very well ventilated. Mm-hmm. And they actually had two different shapes based on what food was in it. Oh, right. Okay. Which I found interesting. when I, The first time I read the sentence, I was like, I don't understand. So they were either round and stored maize. Right. Or they were square and stored potatoes and root vegetables. I don't know what's the difference, why you can't store potatoes in a round one or maize in a... Square one. And it wasn't as
1: if you needed to know from the outside what was in it, because no. all you had to do was open the door yeah. and, or just remember what you put yeah. in it. So, well, gosh, I wonder. I wonder.
0: I, there wasn't really any other indication of grain, why they did this. Grain
1: but. silos, because they've just built three yeah. big grain silos in Liverpool, and they're round.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. weird. So
1: they're still building round it's really stuff for putting grain in.
0: Um, and then they also had something called a, cal. Kalin Kalinka. Kalinka. Right. Which was a very large I almost think of like um, like a longhouse that you see okay. in like the Iroquois, things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That it's a large hall Or uh, the Nordic peoples did this too. That long, long where you houses have, are yeah, common to a lot of civilizations. Where you have community gatherings. Okay. And this wasn't you this wasn't in every single village, but you would have them so one region would mm. have like one of these large community houses. So it's really important like if the king changes, the king yep. dies, that way it's a good way to get the news out quickly. But we'll get into that. They had a better way of getting news around. Okay. And then there were also more modest buildings called Kancha, which is basically a single roomed structure, kind of like a house, with a thatched roof that was built at almost every single Ingden town. It is one of those structures that is just as, if you see it, you know that the Incans have been there. Right. They exported it everywhere, kind of like the Romans did with aqueducts. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of aqueducts, (laughs) that wasn't even on purpose. Conveniently. That wasn't even on purpose, I swear. (laughs) Um, The Incas also were experts at irrigation and diversion of water, and they were able to carry it across the entire distance of their empire using underground diversion, and then they would have spec- these spectacular outlets and fountains. Wow. Almost like with the Romans, only were underground instead of above ground.
1: There was some Roman stuff underground as well.
0: Think- I'm thinking of like a more natural version, because the Romans didn't do this as much as the Inca did, where the Inca really relied on their natural surroundings. So like with Machu Picchu, they would built into yeah. the sides. That's- think of like a more natural version of an of an aqueduct is what I wrote when when you were looking at it, did
1: you look at their religion and was the religion based perhaps because there's some civilization of the religion is based on the earth, that you know mother earth sort of thing, that the natural resources of the earth a part of their religion almost did you did you cover that you might answer um,
0: I did look at their religion and it is like a very natural base like they have a right. sun god a moon God okay. things like that yeah. like the Inca believed that they were the children of the sun God right yes. so it is a very it natural does fit into yes that when, yeah um, so now talking about another transport the roads right. it blew my mind these roads spanned the empire and were used to transport goods and other travel. Which were you? Which they used llamas for because they didn't have the wheel. They did all of this without (laughs) the wheel. So they had no wheeled vehicles (laughs) in the entire Incan Empire, and so all of their things were carried by llama or person. And this road network covered over forty thousand kilometers. Good. Which is for our Americans twenty four thousand eight hundred and fifty. 800-554 miles. Right. Twenty-four thousand okay. yes. miles of road. Yeah. These roads also had rest stations, and most importantly, Are these
1: like motorway service stations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. so for it, humans. It, it, yeah. In it, llamas. Um, <laughs>
1: at regular intervals, so you could you could feed your llama and, yeah, exactly. your llama and, and have a cup of coffee this. and, a, and yeah. a very very poor pasty or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then this is the great, this is like one of the coolest things. You can tell because I added exclamation points to this. There was also a relay system of runners who could carry a, a message up to 240 kilometers in a single day. So, but. if you had something that you need to get around the Empire, they had teams of relay yeah. runners that could transport something 240 kilometers. Wow. I mean, that's like something you would get today. Yeah. Sending the post 240 kilometers. Yeah. I mean, in America, it doesn't yeah. work that way. If you send something to a, the same city, it's going to be at least a couple days. Right. Imagine that. that. Yeah. So... These roads, like I say, like with the Roman Empire, are the backbone of the civilization. I mean, that's how they were able to advance so quickly is because they can get news around. They can get their administrator, their bureaucracy, has transport to these outer regions. Yeah. And then if you think back to the way that they kept track of statistics, that was all on string. So that's very easily transportable. You can have the relay guy tie that around his neck and go. Yeah. I was so impressed. I saw this, and I'm like, I don't even know how I would do this. It very much reminded me of the Roman Empire, where these roads
1: Yeah, well the roads went, were and the secrets secret of the yeah. Roman Empire.
0: So, and then also, we have luxury goods that were transported along these roads. Okay. This included artwork, metals, coca plants, not, not cacao, coca, as in coca-cola, as in cocaine yes. plants, um, and other foodstuffs. They actually chewed on coca leaves as an anesthetic for when they did surgeries. Right. Or they would have the relay runners chew on the coca leaves to give them a burst of energy. Right. It's really interesting to yeah. think about these things. Because you think about, like, cocaine and things like that. I don't really think about natural. <laughs> like, I don't think about leaves when I think about cocaine. No, no. So they used, a, used it a lot for medicinal purposes. And, you know, it's a drug like any other drug. Like when coffee starts getting dragged around. So although their art was influenced by many other cultures and civilizations that they conquered, like with the Romans, the Inca had their own distinctive art style. And I have a a few examples of this on the show notes. It is summed up by, like, highly polished metalwork in which gold represents the sun and silver represents the moon, and then they also had copper, but that doesn't represent
1: anything. Right, <laughs> you can see the gold representing the mm-hmm. sun, and because it never tarnishes. Yes. So like the sun never stops shining, gold never stops shining. Yeah. And then
0: they also had ceramics and textiles, and like I said, with the textiles, I have an example mm. of that. The designs are highly geometric, and like anything else, Incan are very standardized. So the entire empire was built upon like geometry and <laughs> standardized minimalist design. So the checkerboard design is one of their most popular. It's on they, I have a picture of a tunic on the, right. on the show notes. And it's checkerboard. And then the checkerboard has designs within each square. Right, okay. I don't even know. I know so many people can weave and do stuff like that. But it would, I don't even know how to weave a solid color. To do something like this is just amazing to me. I know the
1: concept of weaving It's.
0: Not I perhaps. have weaved before but I could only do like a solid color doing yeah. these in- intricate designs even though they're minimalist they're very intricate um and then designs were often repeated as textiles were this is really interesting were repeated as textiles were produced as this for the state as a mean of paying taxes so specific communities would have their own specific designs that way they could say we paid our taxes already you yeah. got the checkerboard design already right yes Yes. Which is really interesting. It reminds me of like the maker stamp that you would see on the back on the bottom of ceramic yeah. goods. They yeah. also did that, but um, and then works. So this is where I get into. I mentioned like the sumptuary laws earlier. Yep. Works that which contained precious metals, things like discs, uh, jewelry, figures, etc., were exclusively for the Incan nobles. You couldn't have them if you were if you were wealthy commoner. You weren't allowed to have them. Yeah. And same goes for specific textiles, where most textiles were. Unable to be used by the common classes. Well,
1: we saw that in Roman times. We saw it in Elizabethan times. I wrote times, and... as
0: we saw in the Elizabethan oh. <laughs> episode. <laughs> I refer back to the Elizabethan episode. Because it's all connected. <laughs> and um, however, ceramics and artwork like that were allowed to be used by anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to have that with ceramics. Because ceramics are extremely important for a civilization. Just storing... I wrote um, vessels like storing maize were some of the best surviving examples. Mm -hmm. And cooking, you need all of these things for a civilization. And so that's kind of where I leave the height of the Incan Empire. So there's only one way to go from here. There
1: is only one way to go. The
0: collapse. So like with many peoples and civilizations native to North and South America. The Inca collapsed after the Spanish arrived. Ah, yes. And it, interestingly enough, it wasn't just the Spanish arriving that did them in. Mm. Because, like with the Romans and with the Mongols, like I've said repeatedly, the Inca was founded on and maintained by force. Yes. And if you're maintaining a civilization by force, you're also having problems maintaining popularity with your people. And, and there's a huge cost. Yes. So when the con- Spanish conquistadors show up in the late 16th century, like I said, they were only around for 150 yeah. years. So their civilization is not yet 150 years old. They're just getting there. They're just mm. getting to the unification period, in which they're maintaining by force, which no one likes. Mm. And then the Spanish arrive. And you know what the Spanish bring when they arrive is it box? It is I-, I thought it
1: might have been.
0: I wrote, Upon the arrival of the Spanish, their buddy, the small box, uh-uh. arrived too and wiped out 65 to 90% of the total J-purs. population of the Incan Empire. Good grief. And at this point, before the Spanish arrived, the Inca are still putting down rebellions and had already had to move their capital from Cusco to Quito, Ecuador. Because nice. Cusco was in such disarray that they couldn't Ghost. have the center the center of the empire be there anymore. Right. It'd be like the Romans having to move Rome. Yeah. And yeah. then the smallpox arrives, uh-huh. kills ninety percent of them. And so this combination of factors, a perfect storm of disease, rebellion, and invasion, brought the downfall of the mighty Incan Empire. Right. The largest and richest ever seen in South America. Right. However, on a positive note <laughs> To end this, good, to end that um, on a positive note. The language, the Incan language, is still spoken by eight million people oh, right, in absolutely. the Andes today. Oh right! That's good. And many of its buildings still survive, and so do mm-hmm. many of its um, artistic techniques. Right. Like with the textiles. Great. That's fascinating. And that is the Incan Empire, like so many in the sixteenth century, taken down by smallpox. By smallpox. It was.
1: Um absolutely devastating
0: it's one of those things that i always think about of how different history would look today like with the aztecs the aztecs when i i can't remember which episode oh it was the smallpox. it was the disease episode um the aztecs who knows whether or not they could have survived Mm. the spanish were down and about to lose when smallpox arrived yeah and smallpox wipes out the Aztecs. I always think about how different history would look if the native peoples of North and South America had some sort of some sort of immunity. Immunity to, it. to smallpox. Because if
1: if you look at the the Spanish didn't come in great numbers to No, no, it was this. just a
0: bunch of like small groups of conquistadors. Yeah.
1: And you know, if if the indigenous people had been able to organize themselves even the, the firearms bits, because they were so unreliable and they were so inaccurate, you could you could organize. Well, and you bases. have things
0: like arrows, where you can shoot off like yeah. 50 arrows in a minute.
1: Well, perhaps not that. So you no, could, you could, seriously.
0: You had people who were that good with a bow and arrow. The Mongols were that good with bow and arrow. Right. Where those types of people could definitely beat.
1: Because the, the English archers would do, do six aim shots a minute, um, and nothing could stand against them. And, okay, you know, you, you just play the numbers game. If you've got 40 guys with guns, of those, perhaps 20 would miss anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you're firing arrows into the, this sort of range... but well, that sort of range rather than range. Well, and really, I mean, You'd, 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 you'd be fire them, a bow
0: and arrow from a significantly further distance than yeah. you could yeah. an early and ammunition. Yeah, so, you, you know, if,
1: if it hadn't have been for, for the silent kill of the smallpox, then they might have... They've them back?
0: Well, yeah. The, when they the Spanish showed up, they pulled back their forces. Yeah. From I want to say Chulan. and then when they arrived, they showed up later. Half of the half to three quarters of the entire city was dead of small bodies. Mm-hmm. So they had they'd already left. Yeah. And then they were just like swinging by on their way back. Right. And they oh well seventy five percent of them were dead. Might as well take it over yeah. here. It's a city of gold. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, to, to their, the, you know, the, the smallpox and the way they believe things, that God had visited the smallpox on these The Aztecs believers. believed
0: that. That was part of the problem. Yeah, I'm sure. Was when the Spanish arrived and they were initially fairly successful until the rebellion started up again. Mm. The Aztecs, who weren't very happy with, I want to say, Montezuma... We weren't very happy with him to begin with. Mm-hmm. We're okay, so the gods must be siding with them. Let's go with them, yeah. and then you have the plagues that come up. Yeah. I that's always think plan. about how much disease. That's why I want to do that one episode, our oh. episode on the diseases oh, the that diseases. changed the world. Yeah. Yeah. So no, what that's are we talking fascinating. About, So what are we talking about next? What
1: are we talking about next? Well, we're doing <sighs> the break from what we've done before, and just a bit of warning. I'm going to talk about. Different forms of execution. Are you
0: gonna be talking about drawing and quartering?
1: Oh, talk about all sorts of things. That <laughs> will you be have to. that will probably be involved. that's a pretty big deal. that probably be involved. Um it might not just necessarily be European methods. Ooh. Um and That's by a
0: thousand cuts. There are so many different types. There's so many
1: stuff. There's so much stuff. And you're gonna be talking about
0: torture techniques.
1: Try and do that without smiling, please.
0: Nothing. I'm more... It's a very uncomfortable smile. It's an unco-
1: I've got to say it's an uncomfortable smile. Uncomfortable to look at. Um, but we, we, we're just sort of putting something different in. Putting and something then our
0: episode after that will yep. be a not family-friendly episode. I've got to say, well, I don't The next, one is, the gonna next one is going to be
1: hugely family family-friendly. Family the
0: next one will be labeled as explicit, I think. Yeah, I think And the so. label after... And the one after that is going to be The History of Swearing.
1: It bloody well isn't. Oh, sorry! Oh, <laughs> it's dear, really I mean, funny
0: because Americans don't even... No, they don't even think that's a swearing. That doesn't mean it anything at all. No.
1: But that's Which is it, interesting because like the, I used the
0: phrase bloody hell is yes. like a redundant phrase right. to the English because it's two swear words to Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that'll be episode thirty-six. Will be the swearing, swearing. and episode thirty-five is going to be execution, execution and torture, torture. Yeah, it's, so. I'm already uncomfortable. It should be a great. It should give me a good time.
1: <laughs> I was going to great fun. I'm not entirely sure the great fun covers it, but that
0: was the sarcastic. Ah, part. sorry, yeah, yes. just,
1: it's going to be very interesting.
0: It will be interesting yeah. at the very least. So we'll see you next time for. Execution and torture, torture techniques?
1: It may be that torture comes before execution. There's probably. a point in that torture somebody after execution.
0: Well, I mean, they did do that, though. Uh, they did
1: do it, yes. You're making a point. Yes.
0: I actually, my project that I'm working on for my MA features some of that.
1: Right. So oh. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll shove that in there, Good too. stuff. So we'll see you again for episode 35. And until then, have a good weekend.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye.